Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and today joining with me today is a beatboxer and producer, uh, Mr. James Ashen. Uh, nice to be here. Appreciate the invite, man. <laughs> of course, man. Uh, how was your day today? Uh, it's pretty standard. Um, I'm finally back. So I'm back in school again. So it's like my midterms week, but I'm like only taking online just classes just to kind of like transition back into into classes. Um, then, Congratulations! Yeah, yeah, no, school like, is I, a big deal. Yeah, no, look, I, it's like, I took like a two year hiatus, and I was just like working like two or three jobs at a time, and then around that time was like when I really decided like this music thing is like either it's just gonna be a hobby that I show off to my friends who like to freestyle, or I'm gonna like really hone in and like actually like maybe try to make a little bit of money off of it and it was it's never it's like not about the money but like right. it's it was just around that time where it's like man i'm really broke yeah and i really like, i really wanted like i'm a starving artist like <laughs> there's a lot of literally things. and figuratively <laughs> yes yeah. yeah so um and just this time of year since i've been like paying for school out of pocket like i've actually like my, my lease from my current apartment is up in a couple months, so I've been, like, back and forth um, between my apartment on the east side and my parents' house in Pewaukee. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm, like, all over the place. Sure. Yeah. So, but it's, I'm, the, the best thing is, though, it's, like, when you finally get to, like, go home to see your family, it's, like, they never stop feeding you. Yeah. Even when they're mad at you. Right. It's like, God, you're such a disappointment. Yeah. This fucking chicken. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, you need to get your shit together anyway. What do you want for dinner? Exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. It's like my, my dad, my, my dad, he, my dad was like, he grew up in some pretty like harsh conditions when he was like really, really young. Um, so like when he learned how to cook, I think it like some, at some point it was like he learned or he, he like, he made it like a promise to himself that it's like I know how to cook, so therefore I should never be hungry, and like my family should never be hungry, and mm. like never have to go through what I had to go through. Yeah, of course. So it's like that that like that dad mentality um, on top of like some cooking skills. So yeah, he's been. I've honestly gotten a gut for like the first time in my entire life. Just like a, it's like it's very very small. Yeah. But I've been like the the skinny boy where everyone's like trying to make me eat food because they just assume I don't eat food yeah I'm just like I'm sorry that I have a black hole as a metabolism but it's not going to be here forever so. yeah same. <laughs> dude my metabolism is, is off the rails I um yeah I've, I was always the same way because like you know my parents are really um like food cooking savvy as well and um yeah let's break open the Arizona <laughs> gotta, I feel let's bad. take care of that quick I wanted to have a drink so I've seen like you People love me when I'm drunk, and I hate it because I'm like I'm, I'm apparently I'm a really fun drunk. Cheers. So, well, um, um, no worries at all because I've actually after picking these up earlier, I really started craving it because mm -hmm. I haven't had an Arizona in a long time. Yeah, I haven't really had these since like the dorms. To be honest. Yeah, <laughs> for me, yeah, it was. I went through a huge phase of like always get going to the Union Station, picking yeah. one of these up like you're between classes. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like everyone kind of, you know, goes through an Arizona phase. Well, yeah, because, like, I feel like they're the only company that I at least know of that has been, like, consistent, like, through recession and inflation. They're, like, 99 cents for this can. Yeah. Which I don't know how they do it. I mean, at this point, I'm assuming that any company could do it. They just have the balls to admit, like, we don't need to do it. I mean, I could just be talking out of my ass <laughs> here. I don't know anything about 
um, iced tea marketing <laughs> and the yeah. iced tea industry, but neither do I. I just know um, the sweet dollar iced tea from McDonald's is always uh, yeah, that's like, some truth too. It's like <laughs> any large. I mean, you know, what, I don't want to turn this into like a McDonald's advert because my no dead ass. The last interview that I did, like um, the which you actually interviewed him just recently. Um, yeah, who was it? Um, I might butcher his name because I'm not super close with him. I only met him one time. Malaki? Malachi. Malachi. Yeah, he was on the wow, show. Wow, I had all my balls wrong. Oh, yeah. He was <laughs> on the show. Malaki? <laughs> From Campio. Yeah. Malaki? Right. Malachi. But, see, like now that you say it, I mean, I just sound stupid. But Malachi, super dope. But he was running a bit late and he was with his girlfriend and they came to my apartment and, like, since they had to, like, push back the time, I was like, I'm really hungry. So I Uber Eat. Got used Uber Eats to get to McDonald's, and I had like all these chicken nuggets in front of me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like being interviewed, like while eating chicken nuggets. Yeah. But to be fair, I did talk a lot of shit about McDonald's so, uh, while while I was consuming it. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of metabolism, like I don't know. I've always been a kid that could eat like mass quantities of food, and yeah. like I would never, it would it would never like like turn into a gut, or like I would never really exactly, worry yeah. about mm-hmm. like. I never, like, I feel like I never had to worry too much about, like, you know, like, what I was putting on or anything like that, but at the same time, like, I just burn through energy so fast, mm-hmm. and, like, I tire out really fast, too, and, like, mm-hmm. um, I, I feel like that was, that's, like, kind of the only downside of being able to eat constantly throughout the day mm-hmm. is that I just, like, burn through energy like crazy, like, just way too fast, and that's why, like, I, you know, that's why I started, like, you know, drinking excessive amounts of coffee throughout the day, and it's, like, at first, like, it helps, like, when you're having a cup or two, but then when you're drinking three or four, Mm -hmm. you just feel even shittier. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, my mom and I have this weird thing with anxiety where we we have shaky hands, like, Mm -hmm. it's not just, I'm exaggerating for the camera, but, like, we, we get, we have, like, subtle shakes. I, I make a terrible, uh, cameraman. Um, <laughs> it's okay, I mean, yeah. unless they, they reboot the um, Born Identity series, yeah. and then I could do all the action scenes. But, Fair, yeah. um, or Cloverfield. Or Cloverfield. Yeah. I'm very disappointed at how the series kind of ended. I was a fan of the first movie, and I was a fan of like the spinoff movie, uh, which I did not expect them to do. Ten Cloverfield Lane? Yeah. That was a really good one. I liked... I liked uh, John Goodman in that movie a lot. Mary, I didn't end up seeing the third installment. I think, I think this is from Mary Elizabeth Weinstein, the 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 brunette, the the, the main actress um, of the film who was being held hostage or felt she was being held hostage. Yeah, I, I think it was Mary Elizabeth Weinstein. Sure, she okay. was like my first crush ever. Um, like, I don't know. Um, when I asked out a girl for the first time, we went to go see Scott Pilgrim versus the World. That was, like, my first date ever. Yeah, solid movie. Yeah. yeah. And solid date then, movie, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was great. Um, and that um, was, like, the first movie, like, I really remember her in. That and Sky High. Mm-hmm. And, oh, she was, yeah. and she was always, like... People always, like, find it funny, because, like, in songs that I've released, or, like, um, just amongst friends, it's like, oh, Patrick's always dating in a race. She's like, what does he have against white girls? Like, I don't have anything against white girls. It's just, like... <laughs> When you move to a whole other city, like, my hometown is just, like, super white. Yeah. And so now it's, like, I'm out here, and, like, I'm, I'm dating people of all nationalities. But Mary Elizabeth Weinstein was, like, my first... It's, like, that's how I knew I loved brunettes, was Mary Elizabeth Weinstein. Mm. I don't know why I'm fixating so much on this, but that was, like... 
that was like the go-to. Not like the, the manic pixie Mary Elizabeth Weinstead. Sure. But just like, you know. Yeah. No, I, I, I could see that. She is, yeah, I do like her a lot. I, as I like, I kind of started um, really like thinking about like who my celebrity crushes are like mm-hmm. in the last like year or so when I like really started like obsessively watching movies and like I picked up on um really like Aubrey Plaza oh she, oh, oh a wonderful she's adorable she's wonderfully awkward I love the I love sharing the compilations with her just like completely like purposely derailing like stupid questions yeah. that she gets yeah and <laughs> it's just it's great because I feel like you don't get a lot of like unscripted interviews in Hollywood, yeah. especially with someone who's done as many movies and is is as recognizable as she is. Yeah. So she's she's great. And I'll share compilations, and uh, some of my friends will be like, why is she so weird? I'm like, that's what is great about her. I know. And she's not, like, weird. You can tell it's not, like, a forced weird. She's just, like, that's no, just no. she is. Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's by nature. It's, like, it's just that organic dryness that comes with her humor. Um, exactly, yeah. Yeah. For sure. I am a huge Natalie Portman fan as well. That was like, oh man, yeah, when I saw the, the prequels when I was really young, I was like, who is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember uh, Revenge of the Sith was the first PG-13 movie my dad took me to. Was it? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember 2005. Mm-hmm. I think my first PG-13 movie in theaters might have been... Terminator 3. Ooh, that would have been... Yeah. And then, I, like, I used to rent that movie, like, all the time, like, from mm-hmm. the video store. Mm-hmm. And, like, I would just watch it, like, obsessively, like, mm-hmm. over and over again. That was, like, my big, my first big PG-13 movie. And then my dad took me to see I, Robot. Uh, oh, Will, Will Smith. Smith. <laughs> yeah. When you're, when you're, like, a, when you're, like, a young, when you're, like, a young boy... Everything. I mean, this could just be me, and it might be just a stereotype. But you look at those movies for like the like the gimmicks, and you're really enjoying like, oh, it's Will Smith. Will Smith's awesome. He's beating fighting robots. Yeah. And then you like look at the actual like film, like all these years later, it's like, man, there's a lot of really cheesy lines. Yeah. <laughs> it's like really. I mean, I Will Smith. I love Will Smith as an actor to this day. Yeah. It's just like it's funny how you view things differently from a different lens. Oh, absolutely. Like a way more jaded lens. And I feel like our, our generation, like, grew up on all, like, the corniness that was the 90s. Right. And it's, but it's weird, like, how a lot of the media that we make is, like, so self-deprecating mm-hmm. and, like, it's almost like the polar opposite, I feel yeah. like. Whereas media we grew up with, with like, was, like, way more campy and <coughs> animated. Like, we are, like, more fond of, like, the dark humor and the the cynicism I mean, I could just be speaking for myself and a lot of my friends, but I feel like with, like, certain shows, like, with the success of them and how they're kind of more, like, I don't know, I felt like my humor has always been, like, more, as I've gotten older, um, I can't think of the word, it's, like, not as, like, in your face, like, more subtle. Tongue-in-cheek. Like, tongue-in-cheek, like, I like BoJack Horseman, Archer. Oh, yeah. Like, it's way more, like, excuse me, it's way more, like, like, it's just, like, it's more like he's kind of, these jabs like witty jabs mm. you know still a big spongebob fan oh yeah i love the i love spongebob we love spongebob here in mr nice guy i don't know why i don't why was that the cartoon that survived everything there's so many cartoons sure. we could have cho- like chosen to make memes from which we still have but that's been like the one that's like transcended everything you know i think um 
Actually, on my very first episode I did on the show, uh, mm-hmm. we actually had a conversation about this. Mm-hmm. And um, it has a lot to do with how we identify with SpongeBob as kids. And then, oh, yeah, and Squidward as And then, now. yeah, and yeah. then we, we, we gradually, um, we kind of grow into a more of a Squidward mentality about life as mm-hmm. we grow up. And then, like, you have the moments of <clears throat> greatness where, like, Squidward becomes, like, he, where he'll have those moments of, like, finding joy in life. Like, the for example, the Snowball episode. The Sweet Victory. The Sweet Victory yeah. sequence. Like, that is... Hailed is one of the greatest moments of the hit of the show's history because mm-hmm. like it hoisted Squidward up so highly like and then like there's there's moments where Squidward stands up for SpongeBob even with how annoyed he gets by him sometimes and like how am I supposed to eat this without my drink? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> like Diet Doctor Kelp. Um, yeah, like, but it's. <laughs> But it's because, like, it's just, it's so relatable to such a wide range of, um, like, of, uh, audiences, in, for the, like, for the sake of who you identify, like, as, like, in the show, like, that, that dynamic, uh, between, <coughs> excuse me, the dynamic between Squidward and Spongebob mm-hmm. just, like, is, is, like, how adults that it, it it's about how adults like who view life differently where mm-hmm. some of them like are, still act like kids and are full of wonder and others are squidwards who are huge pessimi- pessimists mm-hmm. and uh, just I mean if I could hate own, everything um, if I could own a multi-story house off of a cashier's salary at a fast food restaurant I don't know if I'd be like really mad to yeah. be honest but obviously that's from a much more um I don't know. Um, I think what's so weird about our generation is, like, there are things that, like, obviously humor is universal, and there are certain things we all find funny Mm -hmm. to some degree, like, you know, young comedians, old comedians, like, um, but, like, I feel like whatever it is with our generation, like, something happened where I feel like we're just more, like, like, where all this self-deprecation humor comes from, the mental illness humor, yeah. where it's like a defense mechanism, right. um, how it's like, yeah, we got, we have to deal with everything that we had no control over, but like the effects are going to happen within our lifetime mm. with like climate change and like um, the changing economy, automation, AI, and yeah. it's just like it's like it's like here we are, we're all going to school. We're all told, oh, yeah, and then there's, like, everyone's in debt. Yeah, that's true. Right. And I feel like, I'm, I don't mean to put a bummer on anything right now. No, I just, like, no, I'm just trying to think, like, why do we hate, like, life, but also, like, just make fun of the fact that we hate life so much? Oh, it's, I like, think, weird. I, I don't know, I, I think that, um, you know, I think it's just um, how we've kind of culturally adapted to coping with it, with, like, these pending dooms. Um... Especially with, like, all the absurdist humor that's out, like, mm-hmm. BoJack and mm-hmm. Rick and Morty and... Uh, Eric Andre show. Eric Andre, <laughs> great example. Like, a lot of these shows um, kind of feed into a lot of those internalized fears we have about, mm-hmm. like, the existential nature of reality and just how we 
constantly fight between hating ourselves and finding the good in ourselves. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think that it, it you're you're right. It is a, it is a unique time because we're also finding um, you know there's creatives that are finding wittier ways of uh, of making people laugh out of it. I feel like the the way communication has changed, also with social media, being you know, the dominant force of, like, human communication across the world. Because it's not like our generation's unique in pending doom. Like, our parents had to deal with the Cold War. Yeah, right. And then their parents had to deal with, uh, like, the wave of fascism just sweeping over the world. Of course. And, you know, <coughs> we have, we're at, like, this weird... You know, it's almost like the entire world just has, like, really bad anxiety. Because yeah. it's, like, as messed up as this is to say, it's, like... You know, back then, it's like it's easier to like paint a target because it's like, oh, we're when you're when you're in school, it's like, oh, the Russians are the bad guys, yeah. or you know, when you're even um, older than that, it's like, oh, we have to we're fighting the Nazis, we're fighting the Japanese Empire, like we're doing all of this. Or now but it's now, Muslims. But now it's and... like Muslims are like the thing. I, the thing is like we're trying to take those ideas of like there is like an enemy with a face. Yeah. But nowadays there is no there is no nation with a face that you can just be like that's the enemy. And even back then it was problematic, but now it's like because, you know, we're, we're fighting against, like, ideas as opposed to, like, a nation with, like, an agenda and an army, you know? Yeah, right, right, right. So, like... The at, wars on socialism or the wars about communism and people are pointing out, you know, the, the various flaws that are, you know, that are, that capitalism is enriched by and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, in that case, it's like we, that's a really actually unique way to look at it, because like, yeah, there's not, there's not as many like, you know, um, there's not as many like, like strictly, uh, uh, or clearly defined like factions or people that, um, are the supposed enemy, It, it comes, it it instead has been coming in the forms of like these isms, you know? Yeah, like you like uh, the media would throw around like radicals a lot, and the thing is, people forget it's like oh yeah, there are um, radical um, Islamists, but it's like there are radicals in every religion yeah. and every group, right. you know? Um, unfortunately, it's just that we that there's a whole region of the world that has been destabilized over. I don't know, honestly. It's like it's there has been so much outside, like outside interference. Kind of what you know, I I a lot of this has a lot to do with um, you know what I discussed with creatives on on the show here sure, is sure. where it we we discuss love and fear okay. uh, through the through the scope of an artist and you know how those driving forces um, inspire them to express themselves mm-hmm. and. And I, I think that, like, all these um, these uh, preemptive points that we've been making about, like, what people are afraid of and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. that's a really, you know, that that's, it's important to point out, like, just mm-hmm. the various, like, you know, political and social and, um, you know, fear-mongering themes that have been, um, that have been addressed uh, through, you know, various art forms or movements, like, you know, over history. Like, when we talk about, 
music especially like with um like especially like political music like you think about rage against the machine yeah hugely politically charged metal like rap metal band that um you know was literally like their music tom morello was about rebelling against the system against the Mm -hmm. machine if you will Mm -hmm. you know against the corporate and capitalist fascists you know and like um and then you know you have people that make movies and documentaries exposing um you know these uh these various discrepancies of of power and wealth and everything like we get so caught up in our own lives and i think the the bigger picture as to like who has power and who doesn't it's pretty i i mean i could be speaking for myself and i probably am but i feel like it's just always been so obvious how the system takes advantage of people and there's not like some like round table of a bunch of men in dark suits like plotting and there's a storm cloud right. and a mountain the Illuminati. Yeah. right it's like though <laughs> i got this weird message once from this i'm pretty sure it was like a spam account or something but just i got this random inbox one day on my facebook if i just wind up dead tomorrow just like just know i got a message from the illuminati it's like some guys like we got we have we have uh the Brotherhood, like, the Illuminati, if, like, you'd like to join, I'm like, what is this, like, a Girl Scouts club yeah, meeting? It's like, why, why are you being so, like, forward? I thought the whole point of the Illuminati was to be, like, super, like, subtle, and, like, yeah. oh, we're in the shadows. But it's, like, in reality, yeah. what I think it is, it's just a bunch of people um, who just own a ton of money that we can't really even fathom as just, you know, average, middle-class Americans uh, even though our country has this immense amount of wealth, it's like the average American does not see that, nor can they comprehend it. And you basically just have these companies and these people who uh, who have shares in these companies who just have immense amounts of cash. And cat and money, money talks. It's like all you really have to do is be like, oh, I don't want this to happen, so I'm going to just throw money at it until the problem goes away. Like, that's basically the problem. It's just money has been used as instead of a way to just trade goods and stimulate an economy it's just like a numbers game for people to kind of just make their own problems go away yeah and unfortunately i mean that's dumbing it down a lot right but that's where you kind of introduce like institutionalized systems of oppression like sexism and racism and like because you have these people who have these antiquated views because they've been around for so long and no one knows who they are and they just throw money at things that they don't like. And yeah. unfortunately, they don't like a lot of people of certain religions and right. races and sexes. So it's They like, don't like the status quo being challenged. Exactly. Um, and it's it's really not that complicated. I mean, it is complicated as, as, as far as, like, how do we dismantle it? Yeah. I think it's it's not complicated what the issue is. It The, the complicated part becomes the, the solution. Right. Um, and I think we spend so much time going into the love and fear thing. We've been kind of trained to just kind of have like this tribal metabolism where it's like, you know, people who look like us always have our best interests, which is why you have most of, um, you know, white, poor white America voting against their own interests Mm -hmm. because the people in power are, you know, look like them and kind of have this false promise of like, Oh, well, you know, if uh, the tax laws are changed and maybe someday you win the lottery, 
then you don't have to pay as much in taxes, and boom, you're going to be in the billionaire club just like us. Yeah. Like, people don't see themselves. Like, we have this weird fantasy where, especially with social media, because we're only showing the best parts of our lives, we all just see ourselves as, like, momentarily disenfranchised, like, famous stars and millionaires, when in reality it's like, most of us are going to, statistically, the, the quarter, like, the, the, the socioeconomic bracket or whatever you want to call it, that we're born into is, like, 99% of the time the one we're going to die in. Like, mm-hmm. it's, you know, everyone likes to, you know, tease other countries with, like, caste systems, like with India, but it's, like, there's, like, a caste system in America, if you think about yeah. it. Like, people are born poor, die poor. It's very rare when you have the rags-to-riches right. American dream story. Yeah, it's virtually non-existent mm-hmm. uh, for the average Other than the, the migrants who are coming out of, you know, war-torn countries and uh, oppression and dictatorships, yeah. Yeah. they still see that that dream because they're just looking for that normalcy that a lot right. of people here are just like that we just don't really even think about right and for them like you know <clears throat> and also like it's worth it to note that like for them especially <clears throat> like the uh, the forms of oppression that you know they may still be be victimized to in America like in our country mm-hmm. is still to them more ideal than the oppressions going on in their own countries or yeah. like their own places and like America still provides like that imagery of like the ideal life and a place mm-hmm. that's safe and free and mm-hmm. and you know to a degree like America is like is made be a generally safer or, or more promising or more ful- fulfilling Mm-hmm. Um, society to live in compared to like some you know some countries that you know refugees are fleeing from, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it doesn't mean that like we still don't have issues to address here in, in yeah. the country. And mm-hmm. it's like we should be, we should want people to like want we should want people to live here and work here and travel here and mm-hmm. like and make it easy for for people that are like seeking refuge to do that, but. Mm-hmm. At the same time, like, we also simultaneously should be, you know, addressing how we can still, you know, move our, our, um, our issues that are still pretty backwards and turning them inside out, moving them forwards. And, like, yeah. <laughs> and, um, I'll tell you, that's, that's one of the reasons why it was important to vote today. <laughs> um, I, uh. Had the sticker, but it fell off. That was another thing, one of my errands decided to run today. Nice. So, congratulations. Well, good. Good job. (laughs) Well, I had to also drop my parents, drop my parents around. Um, But no, um, I think the most important, I think, you know, you can still, like, love the idea of America, because even though our country is drenched in problematic, it's it's problematic history. Yeah, by by definition, we are a colonialist Mm-hmm. like imperialist power mm-hmm. like which is weird because we derive exactly from that and promise to not be that right but, yeah but then money talks and everybody has to change up their their tone once you know they realize like oh we could actually run some shit but the idea of america that i still like you know minus all of the you know imperialism and yeah. like, especially like the cultural imperialism the idea that you can have people of 
um, different, you know, different creeds all coexisting in the same place. Mm -hmm. And America is essentially, you know, a country of immigrants because, I mean, based on our pigmentation, you know, our, our people are not from here over the past right. few thousand years. Yeah. Like, that's just not how it is. But the idea that, you know, it's like if we can include as many people who are already living here as possible and, like, we can try to make things better for everybody because, unfortunately, America would be pretty great if we actually, like, invested in our own interests and we stopped kind of fighting with each other and, like, looked at the real problem, which is kind of what we touched on earlier, which I want to maybe... <clears throat> like segue into a point back to music and artistry a little bit yeah please do one of the things like one of the biggest goals that i have is that i want to um eventually like start my own studio and kind of open my own arts program here in the city where like depending on how much resources i can kind of scrounge together i would love to have like an after school like um like writing program for kids whether it's only in the summer or if I can make it like a, a typical thing if I have like the right people to work with to help me kind of get that done. Yeah. Because one of the things that I think um, would really help some of the kids in this city is like creating a platform that gives them an opportunity to one, take up their time because kids get in less trouble when they're preoccupied by extracurriculars. Right, yeah. And unfortunately, because um, depending on... Um, what school you go to in the neighborhood that you live in, that's how they allocate tax money to certain schools. So you have certain schools who, uh, when they're faced with, you know, serious cuts to certain programs, like the arts are almost always first to go. So yeah. I've always wanted to kind of like jump in and be like, you know, you shouldn't be punished just for being like born into a certain community when you like deserve the same things as everybody else. Of course. So that's like one thing I've always wanted to do to kind of like circumvent the like the unfairness like through the system that we have right now is just to give kids an opportunity to do something fun and creative um showing them that there are skills that they can learn in school that can be fun yeah. because i know there's tons of english classes that are just not fun kids yeah. are reading books about people who lived in a completely other time period they don't connect with them um um kids of color obviously they're reading books from all these different white authors yeah. and it's like they don't share my experience, and not that you know, you know, I have plenty of friends of color who like fucking love Shakespeare and they love different works, uh, works of art by white artists. But it's always important to have that sense of like reflection and like you can see yourself in that person's work. Um, so like mm -hmm. that's like my biggest goal. Like through the music, through <clears throat> any of the artistry that I go go through, like that was like something that I really wanted to do. Because my job right now, my day job, is like, I already work with kids. Yeah. So it's like, it would be a very natural transition for me to do that. So, because I just like, damn, I just I just really want to see kids like succeed. Yeah. Especially. Like, no, that's great, dude. Dude, I, like, like you're hearing it right now, like mm -hmm. I want to see you totally bring this into existence because that's mm -hmm. an amazing idea. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I feel like, you know, you would be, um, you'd be a very candid person to spearhead something like that. Mm. Um, and, and especially, um, in a city like Milwaukee too, mm -hmm. um, is that like, would you like, uh, 
want to be working specifically like in Milwaukee, like on this, or would I would you... want it to. I would, I feel like Milwaukee would be a great place to start it. Yes, yeah, because sure. I feel like Milwaukee, just without a doubt, it's statistically been proven Milwaukee is the most segregated city in the country. Yeah. This would be if I can get it to succeed here. Um, who knows, like what could start from that, you know? Right. And in the end, it's you know, it's it's not anything that we would be trying to make profit from it'd be completely non-profit and i would just want it to be there so that society profits from having these kids get to express themselves and hopefully that bleeds over into whatever else they want to do in life mm -hmm. because like <clears throat> i feel like even in my own school and i went to like a fairly decent um school district when i was growing up um in Pewaukee. Pewaukee, Pewaukee. Right. I feel like everybody in Wisconsin or outside of Wisconsin, when they hear about Pewaukee, they always want to say Pewaukee. Because, like, I don't want to say P. Pewaukee. I'm like, yeah. fucking, why? It's like, I, I you grew can't up be, there. You can't be afraid of weird town, like, unusual town names in the state of Wisconsin. Because so many towns in Wisconsin have, like, um, you know, very long, difficult to pronounce names. Mm -hmm. And that's just something to get used to when you uh, cross the state lines here. Yeah, no, um, I saw a video, it's a very old video, but it's um, a video someone took down in Texas asking local Texans how to pronounce these names of Wisconsin cities and yeah. towns and villages uh, without any, you know, any preparation time. They're just like, when you see this word, like, what are you, like, what, what comes to your mind? Mm -hmm. It was hilarious. Yeah. And you don't realize how, like, easy it is for us to kind of be oh, like, right. it's like, oh, Schwabana, Waukesha. Oconomowoc. Oconomowoc, you know? Yeah. Like, I remember, I remember this, like, I don't know if it was, like, a woman or a, a, they were looking at Waukesha. Like, Waukesha. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what do you feel like, um, like, the, the energy within yourself, what do you feel like you're channeling, like, as you're working on beats? What I'm channeling? Uh, things that... I feel like should not exist inside me for too long. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, being born with an anxiety disorder, um, and it's kind of funny because like everyone always says like you're just like so just like ADD ADHD all the time. I was like I don't have that. I was never. But then like after going through therapy the past year, my therapist was like no, you should definitely get like a brain scan done and like go through all these tests because like there's a very high chance that you have ADHD. And I was like, oh, very cool. It's something I, something that people have always told me about myself, but because it's yeah. so overdiagnosed, I was just like, probably don't have it. But being high strung, like, that's something that's, like, off-putting about my character, I feel like, for some people. Every little bit of stimulus is, like, always, like, like channeling, like, a high amount of energy in me. Mm -hmm. I just burnt myself out, and every little thing that, you know, might have been a minor inconvenience to somebody else, like, just drove me mad already dealing with like immense anxiety and depression um so the beats were like a way for me to kind of like channel out all that negative tension which is why like i feel like my beats especially first starting off and still to this day i've never like made happy music not that i don't like happy music but it's like never been music i've needed mm. it's like um because it's just like i just need music that you know, makes me, or it's, it's like a mirror of how I'm feeling, because it's like whenever I hear an artist talk about something that I have thought about, it makes me less anxious because I feel like I'm not as crazy. Yeah. 
So of course, yeah. So like when you, especially just like with our celebrity idols, which I don't like idolizing people, but when you hear people who are immensely successful and creative, and they say something that really resonates with you, which we can even bring that all the way back to representation with some of the things we were talking about earlier. But when you just connect with an artist like that, like it just makes things feel better. Even if it's like a really sad, depressing, or song about really sensitive subjects, um, like abuse and like, you know, with drugs or sexual abuse or just like terrible things people have gone through. When you have gone through those things yourself and you see someone else, like how they deal with them and they put it into words, like what you're feeling, mm -hmm. it's like so relieving. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, you know, like those weird things that like white moms and like jazzercise use where like they stretch from the ground. Yeah. Or like they're just stretching. It's like, it just, like, you feel like you're just fine. Right. Like, God, it's like, I can just let go. I can just, yeah. like literally in for the sake of this metaphor, like I just know. let go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, in, I'm picturing it right now. Yeah. <laughs> I do that too much. I'm like, there's a, there's a vision in my head of these, these, these oh. middle class women doing jazzercise with stretchy things. And it's all about anxiety. Right. And it's like, I feel I feel like if I was to, like, take everything that I would were to say over the course of a conversation, have it be put into text with no context, like, what the fuck does this guy smoke? Like, yeah. it's like what, what is wrong with this guy? No, I know, but, I mean, the same can be said for uh, <clears throat> plenty of the, uh, the topics that I've tangentially brought up. Yeah. Um, but, but so, I, and that, that... Um, that specific thing, mm -hmm. uh, bringing up things, tan like, you know, mm -hmm. going off on tangents and everything. Sure, sure, sure. I, I feel like, um, my anxiety kind of manifests in that way a lot myself mm -hmm. and like, mm -hmm. um, where it's like, I kind of what you were saying where you feel like, you know, you feel very like, um, like like, it, it's almost like a conversation that, like, you, you want to go into or, like, a, a point that, like, you make or some something that you say that, like, you want to, like, you know, expand on, like, mm -hmm. that becomes, like, a huge stimulus for your mind to, like, start racing and, like, start, like, you know, going in all of these various directions. And mm -hmm. it makes it really hard to stay on topic sometimes. And, like... Yeah. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> And, like, um, and I feel like my anxiety, like, um, definitely, like, you know, both on the show and off of this show, yeah. um, it, it becomes, um, something that, like, is, like, I, like, it's something that I've taken a step back and looked at, like, how much I, like, how much I do that, and, like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it makes it easier to monitor, too. Yeah, like, I saw this post today, someone was, like someone was making fun of the, their own anxiety that they had and they made this really cute post about it and it was it was some woman that um, was on Twitter and it got screen capped, put on Facebook, right. came, became kind of a meme. So I don't know the source, like the exact source it came from, but essentially it broke it down to, it's like, oh, my anxiety's not that bad. And then they list like all these different symptoms they have. Mm -hmm. And one of them was like, like frequent urination. It's like, I just thought I had a small bladder. It's like, is that yeah. a thing that people that like, Oh man, I pee so many it, times. It's like, <laughs> no. And it's like, it breaks all this stuff down. Like you can go so in depth with it. And now that it's like, now I'm looking into things like, well, what is ADHD? Like, how does, what does that affect? And how does that play into anxiety and depression? And you, you read these things 
And it's like, if people just like do research and like they realize that they're not alone and they're not crazy, it's like you can feel so much right, better. Yeah. There's even like, it'll go so far as like people with ADHD have like, you know, like problems in their sex life and they'll have this and that. It's like almost like reading a horoscope, mm-hmm. but this shit is actually real. Right, yeah. <laughs> no offense to astrologers except full offense because I'm sick and tired of people being like, mm, it's airy season, so I get to be a fucking just asshole. It's <laughs> yeah. airy season, so I don't care. Dude, I'm, I don't even, don't even get me started on <laughs> astrology because I, I have my own. Plenty of gripes and about that movement. I've so many like really just lovely, educated women with so much insight and so many great things to say, but, like, the the cataclysm that just really, like, just makes me question, like, my sanity sometimes. Like, why are they just so into astrology? It's like, I, I don't what know. is it? It's like, maybe it's because people see it as, like, an alternative to, like, like westernized religions yeah. and things. But it's like, astrology is just, like, some people who like to make money off of, you know, people's, people's horoscopes. Because, like, you're a writer... You know, I yeah. consider myself a writer. If you look at how horoscopes are written, you can gen. It's like it's like this really like delicately written generalized language, where you can basically like, you know, take like one or two quirks that like most people might have, yeah. and then you just kind of like exaggerate it, and then it's like one of the one I hear all the time is like, oh, Tauruses are really stubborn. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But then, like, you might hear in another horoscope for a completely other um, sign where it's just, like, you're, like, you're just, like, really strong-willed. I'm, like, that's, like, that could basically be the same thing. That's, that's just, yeah. Like, so, it's, like... That's just a trait that, mm-hmm. you know, is... It's a trait that, like, is conveniently applied to you, mm-hmm. you know, because it, like, yeah, because it, like, fits... I hope there's no viewers like in the comment section right now and you're just like, you better not talk shit about Gemini. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, well, the thing is, it's like, I'm, I mean, I'm kind of glad you brought this topic up because like, I, 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 I get really, um, frustrated and mm-hmm. agitated by, um, mm-hmm. the constant application of astrology into, um, like people's, like demeanors and and basically like where they kind of model their entire personality based on like their astrological yeah. sign even even if there's like toxic right that come with it and so, like, like i yeah like i um it's just like i i get so many people that will like ask me like what my sign is but really like i and i'll tell them like i'm a capricorn but like that really like i'm a go greatest of all time like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like I just, but it it really like it, it has no depth to me at all. Like to know anything about what being a Capricorn means, or yeah. like what what that like ideally looks like on a star chart or whatever. Like sure, I like I don't know anything about that stuff. I don't care to. It just does not resonate with me. And like mm-hmm. and you know and, and like you said, like no offense to anyone who does love it and find meaning in it and like dabbles a lot with astrology because like you're right it is kind of somewhat of an alternative um it's it's like an alternative um sort of explanation that provides people with closure and answers and comfort and exactly Com- and yeah yeah and and in that and and that also ties into another thing you said earlier where it's like where you know when you when you struggle with something or have or 
you know, want to find some kind of, um, like, uh, community, um, mm-hmm. or it's basically other people that are similar or are dealing with something that you're yeah. also dealing with. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you naturally want to find that, that sense of community to feel a little less alone. Yes. <laughs> yes. I had this conversation yeah. with someone like literally just last night. And I think that people can use astrology for the same way because it's also such a cultural phenomenon that so many people are involved in. Mm-hmm. It's something that a lot of people find, you know, mm-hmm. common ground on. Right. Um, yeah, because when you get into like these really dark places, sometimes like when you find like an answer to something, which I feel like why religion exists at all, basically humanity trying to find answers for the right. for the unexplained phenomena yeah. of the of the universe. Um, I used to be like a pretty hard headed atheist. Nowadays, I don't really like promote myself as an atheist. I guess I'd be like one of those like I don't really give a shit agnostics. Yeah, where it's like. There could be a God sometimes based on my upbringing, which was super Catholic. Um, well, my mom's side of the family is Catholic. My dad's was like a very liberal sect of the Lutheran church. Sure. So immediately from birth, I was like, well, which one's right? Like, and it's like, oh, no, no, Pat, there's 40,000 of these. Like, don't yeah. worry, we're just getting started. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's like... It's right. I was a Jew. I, my mom was a Jew and my mm-hmm. dad was Catholic, but they're... Luckily, both of them were, both my parents are, like, super atheists, so, like, but interesting. it's... Interesting, <laughs> yeah. very interesting. See, that's cool, though. Like, I like how people can, like, have their thing, and, like, but they can still, like, not use, like, I don't know, when I just hear people of, like, different, like, religions and backgrounds and cultures, like, coming together and, like, sharing something, like, beautiful together, whether it be, like, family, right. or they, you know, they start an organization, or just something, like, I think that's always, like... That's some real humanity. That's, because humans, like... I feel like the reason why humanity thrived and the Neanderthals did not thrive, though through what I heard, is that humans were the nomads. Like we, we like like they would see a mountain and be like, "Fuck that shit! I don't want to go on that mountain." And we'd just be like, "Dude, fucking get, grab your backpacks! Like that's we're fucking Mount Caucasus. We're uh, fucking it's like Caucasia. We're going. That's that's where the fuck we're going." And then you know, thousands and thousands of years later, it's like. We're still traveling. You know, there are plenty of parts of the earth that we just, like, were never meant to go to. Mm-hmm. Like, this frigid-ass city and how cold it gets in the winter. Like, yeah. you know, whether or not you believe in evolution or whatever. I, I personally do, just anybody who doesn't. I, I think you at this point, it, <laughs> at this point, like, I mean, for one, like, I... I for one, we believe in evolution. I'm Mr. Nice Guy. Okay, then yeah. But I'm, also, I'm totally on board. at this point, it's like even if you are, um, you know, even if you are a person of faith, evolution is mm-hmm. not hard to acknowledge at all. No, and the, the thing is, like, I think that's what made it so easy to transition um, away from organized religion was because my dad's religion was so like more just like open. Like basically, my mom is a Catholic. Um, she, in a lot of ways, is, like, like, she's still Catholic, and she identifies, um, with Christianity, mostly, Well, there's just a lot of things about the church that she, like, doesn't like, whereas in my dad's church growing up, we're, like, direct, like, polar opposites, where it's just, like, mom will be, like, oh, this, this, this new priest they had is so boring, you know, it's, like, we get, they, well, they always get, like, these, like, old, dusty guys, and my dad's like, well, you know, my, my church, you can, you can actually have women be ministers and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, huh, that's, like, really interesting. And then he'd be like, um, 
saying all this other stuff when it came to like how the church viewed like same-sex marriage and all these other things like it just didn't give a shit and i thought that was cool because it was like those were all the things that when i was being confirmed in the church which eventually ended up making me leave because i was just being hammered into my head where just like like marriage is sacred like it has to be between these kinds of people and it's like this is how it is like if you yeah. speak against it and i was just like oh my head hurts i don't want to do this and through that i feel like through everything my faith persevered but it's totally like its own like derivative personal thing which i feel like is super cool like i used to make fun of people who were like spiritual when i was like atheist and like it's the same shit so like we fucking ghosts and whatever yeah. it's all bullshit but now it's like i've told myself that from my my younger years I w i'm not such a militant I w i'm not the same militant atheist 18 19 year old that i was right. and it's like people just have things that make them comfortable yeah as long as they're not using it to hurt anybody you know with astrology don't hang on to toxic traits just because you think that's what you're supposed to be. Right. We are our own people. Right. Like, strive to get better about something that you, you know, don't... Mm -hmm. Something that you're not proud of. Or it, mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> it's like, even the things that you, uh, like, can't, like, permanently, like, undo about yourself, you can still improve with. And yeah. For example, anxiety mm -hmm. or other forms of mental illness. I, I honestly, to this day my anxiety has like ruined like certain relationships because I did not have control on it and I wasn't willing to acknowledge it and I would make other people uncomfortable about how, how, how high strong I was. Yeah. I remember I was on a date once where this girl was like, oh, I just really want to cuddle, I just want to like just chill and we're just like laying down and my anxiety was like, no, 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 we got to go on our computer right now. You got to down that Red Bull that's in your mini fridge and you need to work on this beat like right now and my anxiety like would not let me sit still and she's like i just want to cuddle i'm like i'm sorry i have to get out of bed and i have to go like work on this thing and there was no second date yeah. and i was really unfortunate and I, it was i felt so bad but at the time i didn't realize like why i was so antsy mm -hmm. and i've gotten that a lot it's like why are you so antsy why are you so fidgety it's like one caffeine's probably an issue right but on top of that it's like i have been trying so hard to find ways to just like chill out because my brain just goes at a hundred miles a minute like the neural pathways are just like it's like a tree of life there's just like so many different ways that it's going yeah and i can't i don't know how to shut it up you know <laughs> and i know you you're smiling because i know you know exactly what i'm talking about and you just make people uncomfortable by how high energy you are because mm -hmm. there are certain people one of my spiritual things that I've kind of like, ad like adapted just more as like a metaphor and not so literal is that people like have energy and some people are better at handling it than others. Some people are pretty low maintenance and low energy. So when they're around like, you know, extroverted people, they get exhausted like really quickly. It could just like, dude, like, why are you so extra? Like, why are you so, and I'm that extra dude. And I feel bad because I don't want to tire people out. I just like, I just say what's on my mind and like, some people mess with it, some people don't. Right. And it's like, you know, so I feel like with the music, I've always had like this, this, this like want to just like take all that stuff that's just like floating around my brain that has no exit because it's just bouncing off of a bunch of neurons like endlessly. And I can just give it a rhythm, give it a melody and just like make something like, 
Especially with the chill music. I feel like the chill music is like a projection of me wanting to like just chill out. Especially yeah. with like the arch metals tape that we talked about forever ago. Mm-hmm. Which I, a lot of people got mad at me because I forgot yesterday was April 1st. And I basically kind of teased that I was working on a sequel to the beat tape. Yeah. And everyone's like, this better not be a fucking joke, Pat. It's like, why would it be? Oh. April oh, Fool's. Yeah. I don't follow the holidays too closely. So, like, some people will be like, yo, you know it's like today's Memorial Day or do you know what today's this day? And I'm so in my own head sometimes and I was like, I honestly do not know. For me, I just lose track of days of the week. I, mm-hmm. ever since not being in school anymore, I mm-hmm. never know what day of the week it is. Yeah, yeah. There are, because every day just kind of has the same value to me, really. Because, mm-hmm. like, <coughs> um, <coughs> you know. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, if time and weeks are a human construct. Oh, yeah. So if you remove that structure, like something like school, there really is nothing different between today and yesterday. Oh, yeah, I know. Other than we're just... You know, we're saying hi to the sun again. Right. You know? Yeah. Oh, then. All right, James Ashton. What keeps you up at night? Oh, um, that I'll, like, die alone, I think. Like, because, yeah, I just want to have friends and family forever. And just dying alone just seems really terrifying. I don't know why that keeps me up at night. But it definitely does. I don't know why. It's like, everyone in the world could hate me. But if I had, like, five, like, homies that were chill with me, like, I think I'd be cool. Yeah. But, yeah, just, I don't want to be alone. That's, like, that's, like, my big thing. <laughs> For sure. No, that's, that's a good one. Um, what puts you to sleep? Puts me to sleep? Um, I don't know. I'll put, like, a YouTube music playlist on, like, a Vaporwave playlist. <laughs> I'll just, like, pass out to that. <laughs> oh, that's sick nasty. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show, dude. Yeah. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. All right, thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy, once again, from James and I. We'll see you next time. Peace.